welcome to the Queen Behaviour Podcast. I'm your host, Talia DeGiulio Adams, and welcome to Queen Behaviour. Hello and welcome to episode seven of Queen Behaviour. I'm your host, Talia DeGiulio Adams, and... You guys, this week's app is going to be so beautiful, so juicy, so divine, and I really just want to dive right into it. I'm so incredibly grateful to be able to talk to the beautiful woman that is on this week's episode. Um, She really encompasses everything that Queen Behaviour is about, and I am so grateful that she is going to be talking with me today and really enlightening all of you with so much of her magic. So I want to introduce... The beautiful, I'm just going to hold space because I call her Gracie and, um, you know, I'm going to really allow her to deep dive in, but the gorgeous Gracie is joining us on Queen Behaviour this week. She is a speaker, she is a self-love coach and, you know, quite honestly, she is, (laughs) I know some people would hear this in a way and go, wow, is somebody really great at all of those things? But Grace really is that. She is a, you know, a mental health advocate. She is divine with working with children. I mean, my love, I'm going to allow you to just deep dive. But this woman, um, I really want all of you guys to know, we met a couple of years ago, actually, in a health food store in the middle of Sydney. <laughs> and it's amazing for the both of us to really been on our individual journey since. So... Without further ado, I want to welcome the beautiful Gracie. Thank you so much for that gorgeous introduction, my beautiful Tals. It is an honor to be on your platform today. So thank you so much for inviting me and for having me. Um, Yeah, any opportunity for us to connect. And from that first meeting in a health food store in Sydney, it was just instant vibes. Our souls just remembered one another. So that was really beautiful. So this opportunity now to two years later reconnect and have a conversation that is so conscious and divinely guided today, I hope, no, I know, will serve everyone who's listening very deeply, very greatly. So I'm just pumped to be here. Thank you. Oh, girl, that was already in itself was just magical. And I mean, I want to get right into it, Grace, because quite honestly, I um, I know we briefly spoke before we obviously, you know, went kind of three, two, one live. And mm-hmm. the biggest thing that I adore about you, my love, is you're so authentic in what you do. Um, and you really are, I think I've always been a woman of this and I want so many more women to be a product of this, that you are the person, you know, these days in the social space or on the, on the kind of the front end as you are if you met you in person. And I just love that about you. And so I'm just going to throw it right to you, my love, you know, in all the work you do, before we get there, take us back, girl, like take us back to the woman that you become, but why you are now the woman that you are and what yes. you into that. Yeah. Firstly, Tiles, like, thank you so much for, it's actually beautiful to hear that I come across as being authentic and that you feel the way I present myself through my business and my image is an accurate representation of the person behind the scenes. So that really, it warms my heart to know that um, the integrity shines through. 
because that is one of my most dearly held values is integrity. And that is something actually that I've only been able to embody as the woman I am today through my entire healing journey. Mm. So yes, I would love to paint a picture for you. Um, it would be about four years ago now that I became very, very unwell. So I was living life in a way that everyone on the outside was looking in and congratulating me because it really looked like I had it all. I was living in Bondi. I was right across the road from the beach in my own apartment. Um, I was modeling for a living, full-time model. I was swimwear and activewear modeling. Um, I had a boyfriend. Um, I was going to all of these lavish parties. I was very busy socially and everyone just saw me bouncing around being a butterfly. It looked like I had the perfect life, mm. but on the inside, I was just, I was void of happiness, truly. Um, behind this modeling career, this facade, I was starving myself. I was exercising for hours a day. I don't know how many times I woke up at 5am to run from Bondi to Coogee and back um, and pass out because I'd be running on an empty stomach and I have bumps and bruises all over me. That actually happened a handful of times. Um, I, I was just punishing myself and I was very unwell in every way, mentally, physically, emotionally. And this really was the culmination of a lifetime of unprocessed and suppressed trauma. Mm. Um, so I, I'll take you right back from when I was really little, um, three, four years old, I endured, experienced a lot of abuse. So there was psychological, sexual um, physical abuse that I grew up with and um, both of my parents being migrants um, mm -hmm. and not earning a lot of money. We were very much socioeconomically quite at a disadvantage. Um, lived in, and I haven't really spoken about this all that much before, but lived in government housing mm -hmm. my entire upbringing. Um, after my parents split, when I was three years old, I actually, well, me, my two siblings and my mum bounced around a few refuges for quote unquote battered women and children. So I definitely saw a lot. Um, I learned a lot about all of that, that entire system, basically. And I was just exposed to um, rampant lack and victimhood mentality from a really young age. So I feel like that really, that really conditioned me from early on to be hypervigilant and to be tense and to just see how difficult life can be as a standard. And as I grew up, um, you know, going to school and all of that, I was always an intelligent kid, but I was really shy. I couldn't use my voice um, for the ways that I was, I was severely gaslighted when I was very young and I learned my voice to be a weapon of destruction, basically. So if I was to speak up, um, you know, as a result of me using my voice, my family fell apart. Um, and because of that, my siblings, they all unraveled mentally. Um, there was so much unhappiness because of what I felt was my fault. Yeah. Um, yeah, I carried the guilt of feeling responsible for the breakdown of my family my entire life. So that's one thing. And as a teenager, I attracted as my first boyfriend, um, someone who would take my virginity by way of rape mm. and consistently beat me. And I was in that relationship 
from the age of 14 and it didn't quite wrap up and until I was 20 years old, I had to go through the court system. Um, there were multiple charges pressed against this person. Um, but even that going through the system and everything was very triggering because it was very much like um, my early childhood days. So I now can see looking back how energetically because I had so much trapped inside of me, how that quality of vibration was what attracted all the conditions for that pattern to be repeated. But at the time I just thought, oh, wow, of course this would happen because life is hard. Mm. Um, because of that, I developed a really poor relationship with my body, hated my body, saw it as a source, a house of conflict and pain and confusion. So it makes perfect sense to me now looking back that I developed such terrible eating disorders as well. So yeah, moving out of home, living in Bondi, the whole modeling thing was really the perfect mask to support and rate these toxic patterns. And of course, I wanted to do that when I felt like myself and my life held no true value. I was in complete self-destruct, self-breakdown mode until finally I was 24 years old and, you know, living this quote unquote perfect life when I suddenly couldn't get out of bed. My body was waving the white flag. It was like, hell no, girlfriend. You are literally not taking another step until you take a look at all of this shit. Yeah. So I suddenly was unable to work. Um, blessed enough, actually, it's funny being here in Port Macquarie with my sister, blessed enough that she offered me a room to stay up here away from the bustle of the city to see doctors and get to the root cause of my unwellness. Mm. Um, eventually, it was really tough, but I got diagnosed with lupus and fibromyalgia, which are autoimmune diseases, lupus being more of a serious one. Um, Everyone was devastated for me, but I found these diagnoses to be um, somewhat liberating because I had answers. I was like, okay, I have a direction. I know what I'm tackling at the very least. So I moved back down to Sydney, um, back in with my boyfriend, and it was quite a toxic relationship. I discovered that he had been cheating on me for six months while I was very unwell. So you can imagine I was known as the bubbly girl who was very social, who worked all the time. Um, who was very, very fit and lean and tiny, suddenly I couldn't move. I was bed and couch ridden for a year plus. I felt like I just had my entire identity, which I know now is a false identity, but I had that entire guise just stripped away from me and I felt like nothing. And then to learn that my partner had been unfaithful for such a long period of time really broke me mentally, psychologically, emotionally. So this one particular day, so after I found out this news, I um, experienced a really severe flare up of my lupus symptoms. I woke up that morning and I felt terrible. And the entire day I was truly, and I knew it, I was fighting for my life. I was very much on the verge. I could feel that my organs were all struggling. I was in every kind of pain, um, but, I did not feel myself to be worthy of assistance. I knew I needed medical attention, but in my mind, I was like, no, nah, screw that. Like, I don't, I'm not even worth that fuss. Yeah. So I'm just going to ride this out. Whatever happens, happens. So day turned to night and um, I couldn't sleep. I was in a lot of pain. I dragged myself onto our couch and we had this skylight. Um, and I was just laying on the couch, staring at the night sky. And to paint a picture of how I was feeling, um, oh 
gosh, every breath was painful. It felt like I had needles prickling my lungs. I had neuropathic pains, like nerve pains shooting down all of my limbs, convulsions, blurred, blurred vision, ringing in the ears, throwing everything up, um, pretty much my entire body going haywire. And it was physical hell. Um, I remember looking up at the night sky and there were plenty of stars in the sky that night, but all I could fixate on was the darkness. Mm. It was pitch black. And to me, I was like, wow, that looks so serene. Like what an escape. And I identified with that darkness. Mm. I'm like, that would be home to me right now. And in a moment, I saw every single one of my traumas just flash in my mind's eye. I could just see everything I knew I would have to face to heal. And it felt so massive. It felt bigger than me at that point. And I was like, wow, I actually can't. I'm done fighting. I'm exhausted. I have nothing left. I let go. And I remember speaking those words in my mind and the instant I spoke them, I felt all the air just dissipate from my lungs. I felt my heartbeat just slow right down. I felt my temperature drop and I remember complete silence and complete darkness, just void. The next thing that I remember, and this is the only way I can come to describe it now is this incredible, overwhelming, saturating flood of love energy. This was somewhere in between physically being embodied and being out there, just part of greater consciousness. All I could feel was love. So for someone who hasn't experienced this, I kind of ask them to imagine what you feel when you are most purely connected or in the act of something you love doing. For me, that's like being in nature or being in the embrace of a family member or doing what it is I love, being creative, anything like that. Whatever connects for you, whatever you love most, amplify that feeling by a million. And that's what I felt. From there, I had this sort of, I can't even tell you that I had any visions, I could hear anything. No, it was, it was just a knowing. All I could feel was a knowing that I wasn't done yet. Mm. And what this was, was just a reboot. Mm. And then I could hear my voice being faintly called from a distance. It grew louder and louder. And then gradually I got some sight back. Eventually I could see that my partner, Cam was his name. He was grabbing me by the shoulders, shaking me violently and screaming my name in my face. Couldn't feel him, could hardly hear him. Looked around and saw that I was in the bathroom with no idea how I got there. And he had to, I was completely paralyzed and I couldn't speak. He picked me up and dragged me to our bedroom. I fell onto the bed, had a full on seizure. Um, We went to the ER and I remember we were in an Uber. I remember being in the backseat and he was holding my wrist with one hand, feeling for a pulse. And then his other hand was at a pulse point. And he just said, just keep holding on, go, I thought I lost you. And I still couldn't speak and I was completely limp in the back seat. But in my mind, I said, you did. I I really did let go of my life. Mm. And all the fuss happened as I knew it would. And the doctors performed a bunch of tests and they confirmed that I suffered a stroke. So I really did leave my body. And um, they said it was quite a miracle that I didn't suffer any permanent damage, brain damage. 
and that I came back and it wasn't any worse than it was. They also confirmed or they um, kind of re-diagnosed me, I suppose, with cerebral lupus. They said my condition had worsened um, and this form of lupus affects you systemically, but when you have a severe flare-up, it can attack your brain and central nervous system. So for me, they, they kind of just said, every time that your condition flares up, this is the worst possible outcome is a stroke and of course death from that. Mm. So Gracie, this is what you're going to have to do. And the only solution they had for me was lifelong chemotherapy. And mind you, I was 25 years old at the time. This was offered to me as the only option. I felt like I had my back up against the wall. My cam was fine. My partner, he was like, Oh, we've got an answer. Great. Just take the drugs. But to me, like I got to a point of, they had a treatment plan kind of hashed out for me. I was holding these pills in my hand. The day came to take them mm. and I just couldn't. I had this overwhelming just sensation of no in every cell of my body. It's like every cell was screaming, no, there is another way. And while everyone around me was saying, you have to do what the doctors tell you to do. They know what they're talking about. You're going to die if you don't. I had to listen to that inner voice voice the voice I know now to be my intuition yes so I listened I said no to the drugs I said yes to researching to learning to self-education and self-empowerment and I started studying course after course whenever I felt okay any window of cognitive function I would apply to my studies and I became more and more qualified and gradually slowly but surely one step forward 10 steps back for I'd say a year and a half I started to heal and I realized it was absolutely going to be a mind, body and spirit journey. I needed to tend to every element of my whole self if I was going to heal everything that I needed to. And what I also learned from that process is when I did put things together, when I did integrate all of my elements, that what healing also requires is unbridled unconditional self-love without self-love there is no healing yeah you will not do what it takes to heal because my god it takes everything you have and then some to heal sometimes you will not do what it takes you cannot give what it takes if you do not unconditionally love yourself so to me my entire healing journey was very much one of a homecoming yeah. to myself yeah myself being an energy entity, a love entity. So what I do today is entirely informed by my personal journey. I teach very much from professional expertise, but I find that what is most powerful and what facilitates the deepest breakthroughs for people is the fact that I also come from professional, I mean, personal experience. It's because I've been there and it's because I've suffered it, but also because I have healed it that I can really provide the guidance and support and hold the space that is needed. I can give what is needed. Basically, I work in every facet of what I do to provide the support that I needed but couldn't find anywhere. Right, right. That's what I do. That's, yeah. And I just really want to hold space right now because, girl, when I... When I truly, truly 
held space for you to just tell your story and to tell it so, I mean, for those that are listening, you would have just heard that from a deep place of just here it is world. And this is, this is the truth of yeah. what right? I think, which is so divine. You almost took me back because I remember where you and I aligned at what point in your life. And this was really, you were really touching the surface in now what you've created in this incredible yeah magic that you've done and gone on to serve in everything you've just said grace you know really being the vessel the vehicle and integrating everything you've gone through and i know and i just to really give the audience some um perspective we connected based on our own um you know health wounds you know um with your i mean everything that you've gone through and you know who we ever to say one over the other but really really with my polycystic ovaries and we divinely connected on that and how we had this beautiful connection and um, conversation, I think, around, it's almost like going back to the schooling system, that you can really allow yourself to learn anything in books, but until you're really the one going through it, it's like going to the university of life, right? You become yes. this vessel through your own, your own wounds and your own traumas. Yeah. I just need to really put a hold for a moment and just really honour that you just shared that so beautifully um, with with so much self-love for your own journey. And, you know, girl, the, the whole reason that I think, especially in today's day and age, and I, I want you to talk on this, particularly I think women, and I think you see this in a lot of the work you do today, is allowing women to be gentle with themselves in everything yes. that they're going through. But to get there, you have to be willing to deal with your wounds as well absolutely and just deal in general right it's a really hard to do especially in our times now because it's all it's all very surface right and a big reason grace i really wanted you to talk on queen behavior as well was that you've really turned the way in which you've gone through and the way you now i guess put that out into the world you utilize little things like your social media space and what you do, but you add value to what you do. And, and I want you to talk on that for a moment. I want you to talk about how everything you've now gone through, you're now platforming it in a way that is of positivity. And, and I don't mean that in like a fluffy positive way, yeah. not in a way where you generally want to be of service in the right ways and why that's important to, mm -hmm. yeah, talk a little bit on that. Yeah. Um, I truly believe that, um, best self and your best life it comes from being of service and i believe that every person has a capacity to serve um and this this is truly this is accessed and amplified when we share our stories mm. there are so many of us carrying so much shame so much shame for our wounds for what we've been through for housing anything within within us that is anything other than positive right. but that is so crazy and it's it's so self-limiting because everyone experiences wounding everyone hurts everyone goes through pain everyone experiences fear mm -hmm. it is part of the human condition Oof. and yet we're conditioned yeah yeah we are conditioned um we're conditioned to reject our human condition yes and where is the sense where is the logic in that really if we are rejecting our humanity, you know what we also do? We reject our divinity. Um, I believe that every experience of fear 
teaches us and actually beckons us is a gateway to higher love. So long as we are willing to do the work for that transmutation, for that transformation to occur. So beautiful, girl. So when we tap into it that way, and that is very much the crux of the foundation of the self-love practice that I teach, um, we can actually give ourselves permission to stop fearing fear. Fear can become our friend. Yes. If we can, yes, if we can reframe it in this way and say, oh my gosh, this fear inside of me, this can actually help me ascend to a higher level of love. Yeah. And you know what that is? That's freedom from fear forever. Say it again, girl. Say it again. (laughs) (laughs) That is freedom from fear forever. And that's what I, that's my definition of personal power. I'm personal power is accessible through self love that makes us free from fear forever. I just want, I just really am so grateful that source allowed you something dropped in for you right now, because I mean, my love, there is so much that you hold a container to just share with the world. But I am so grateful that you are talking about just the container of fear in itself, because I don't Mm. that there is enough spoken messaging around it. And if there is, it's either we all experience fear, let it be, we walk through it and we either stay there or um, there is a minority of us out there willing, consciously willing to do the work. And I feel what we're really missing, especially with, um, yourself as a conscious leader and myself, my love, really allowing the world to know that if you can turn that fear into, I like to say, into fuel in all the right ways, that's really where you access a whole other layer of just living, you know? And I, abundance truly is coming back to the source of how we came into this world, right? Yes, yes. So it, it's, I mean, we are, we are so woo-woo right now and I love it. And yes. I mean, if you could just offer everyone just an example, Grace, of, you know, maybe take an example of, you know, one aspect of fear that you've really walked through that now is, um, I guess, a real um, uh, stepping stone for how you do your things today. What was one thing, one area outside of all okay. of the stuff you've gone through? Yeah. Absolutely. And um, for those who can't see, this is like a video chat when we're recording this. And as Tal said that, I'm like tightening my ponytail because I'm getting ready to go in. (laughs) (laughs) So instantly what comes to me, um, when you invite me to speak about my fears, I just want to dive in deep. That's me. I allow discomfort to be my direction. And I think, um, yep, I just want to share. I want to bear all in terms of one of my most fearful experiences because and now it has facilitated me to be more of a love-filled being. Mm. And that would be how I have processed, how I have transformed, transcended, transmuted all of the fear and trauma that came with being raped when I lost my virginity. Mm by my very first boyfriend who would continue to rape me and beat me throughout my entire adolescence. So this experiencing this, as I was only just, I was a late bloomer when it came to puberty. So already my body was going through changes um, and I was very shy and I already 
saw my body as the enemy from the traumas I experienced as a young girl. Um, and carrying all of that into this situation where those beliefs were so violently affirmed in this moment when I lost my virginity. Um, the memories are all super crisp. Mm. I could talk you through it in great detail, visiting all of my senses. Um, but in that moment, what I learned was very much that, yes, my body was the enemy. Um, my body did not belong to me. It mm. was not mine to own. That what I wanted and what I deserved and even my voice, because when it was happening, I couldn't even speak. In that moment, I learned I did not have a voice. Mm. That other people and other circumstances had more power than I did. Um, that I would be better off just not trying. Like in the moment, there was no, there was no point fighting or fighting off. Yeah. Um, it was very much disassociation, psychologically speaking, that came over me when I was in the experience. And that is an energy that I really captured and held in my body, in my cells and repeated as a pattern throughout my entire life. So whenever I was afraid of anything, I would disassociate. I would step back. I would not use my voice. I would not even bother. I would allow anyone or anything outside of me to take ownership of me exactly as that happened in that moment. So yeah, that one circumstance, so much fear, so much fear. And this is, I speak to, um, I'm actually going to fill you in on my self-love process is step one, releasing fear, step two, honoring space and step three, welcoming love. Yes. I would love. So, mm, when I was, I just want to hold set one moment, Grace. I want to just, yes. for those are listening. I really want to just um, kind of give this a voice, you know, we are really um, quite beautifully and honestly talking about some really beautiful, deep stuff right now. And I love yeah. because girl, I need to say this out loud, talking about a voice and having a voice. It's never easy going first in areas where we take our own shit and it's my podcast, mm. I'm allowed to say shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> take that. And what comes with that, my love, is that we know there is a lot of adversity. There's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of stuff that comes from uh, the um, energy of people that are not quite safe to be there just yet in their life. And I just really... Everything we are talking about right now, this topic of discussion needs to be spoken about more in a public mm. forum. And I'm sure you can yeah. very, very much agree with that. Um, yes. But I want, I want just everyone to hear that. I know we've gone really, really deep. And to anyone that's listening, to allow yourself to go there whilst Grace shares hers because it's okay to do that. And I guess we need to share that message that it's okay to have this conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I'm going deep and I'm sharing something that I carried so much shame over for so long to exemplify and demonstrate the power that can come with that. So anyone listening, if you have something inside of yourself that disgusts you deeply, because for my entire life, I carried this with me and I felt dirty from what had happened and how it happened and how I allowed it to define me. And that is such a disservice to self 
and by extension, a disservice to the world. It is a complete denial of your own healing, your own health, your own happiness, and you do deserve more. And I'm speaking to this now to show you that healing is possible and it's through self-love. So step one is releasing your fear. You can't release your fear unless you acknowledge it. So everybody listening, dig inside of you. I know it is a survival technique mechanism to, to reject, to resist your fears, but Today, we're not looking to just survive really, truly. If you're honest with yourself, you want to thrive mm. and you deserve to thrive. So that's going to take looking at what you're afraid of, what may have happened to you. Know that your fear can be through you. It does not need to be of you. Mm. Just because it happened does not mean it defines you. So I allowed myself to indulge that notion when I was healing. I was like, okay, this happened to me and this has now influenced the way I live, the way I don't use my voice, the way that I am punishing my body, the way that I am limiting my capacity to heal now that I have this additional disease, um, the way that I give my power away as a reflex because it's all I know. Yeah. When fear is that familiar, you'll hold on to it because it's comfortable. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then I started to look around at my life and I'm like, okay, um, everything I see, everything I do is informed by the beliefs that were born in this moment of trauma and fear. And then you have to decide, do I want to continue this or am I ready and willing to shift it? Mm. And from there, if you are willing, you'll do what it takes to release the fear. And that's when I did so much healing work in different ways. Um, but I really dive into that in the online programs, my workshops, everything that I teach. Mm. Step two. So step two is honoring space. Once you get real about the fear that's inside of you and you start to release it, what happens there is you create space. So I teach everyone that I work with to consider the energy of themselves and their lives to be divine vessels. If you are this container of consciousness, but you are filled to the brim with fear, that is the energy of you completely congested and unable to welcome and hold anything else that is positive. So if you are holding on to fear and identifying with your traumas for your entire life and you swear to God like you're doing everything right in terms of self-care, but the positive effects are very limited, this is speaking to space that you are yet to create mm. by release fear first and this is where I also like it's so important for me to differentiate self-care from self-love self-care is surface level maintenance work that is part of my step three of self-love welcoming love but it is completely futile unless you have first released fear and then honored space you cannot truly be in a practice of quote unquote self-care and long-term hold on to that positive vibration and intention unless you have the space to do so. Mm. If you're crowded by your fears and trauma, that self-care, it's not going to do a single thing for you. In fact, it's going to be detrimental because it's going to frustrate you and make you think, oh, I'm trying and it's not working. F that. And speaking to the truth, Gracie, that especially for women, and you know, this space really, men, women, it, it's regardless of who is listening, but the real honest truth that I think 
I might be going kind of left of field right now, but to be able to get to the place in which you're talking about, we're going to get to the beautiful work you do and where everyone can catch the work you do. Because girl, I am all, you know, this is where you and I aligned. Everyone needs to be in a space of the work you are doing in the present moment. And I'm so grateful that you are facilitating this work. So just talk to the audience on why it's important. And I know that this will trigger a few people, but there is identifying with the work we need to do, giving that a voice and letting go of that victim that sometimes, unfortunately, we sit in to want to be able to do the work to to be in our triumphs, to really overcome what we need. So knowing that Mm -hmm. the work in itself is the willingness to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I just like you to talk in a little bit what you find working, particularly with your women, you know, that you see that really overcome a lot of their trauma, my love, is that they've been, they've had a moment where they've said to themselves, I'm going to be willing to do the work. And I think it's so important because this conversation really is going to really sit with so many people. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think if you're in anything, Grace, in anything, if we don't have that penny drop moment in our gut, which we, Mm -hmm. you and I both know is that intuition of what's right for your soul. If you don't, Mm -hmm not willing to let go of the stories that have served you thus far then you're not going to be able to really let go of that right and Mm -hmm. I'm a a big believer tell me if you agree with this I I often in my coaching work I tell my clients it's okay to use your past um you know you're not who that person once was but to take that because that's always going to be a part of what you went through and who you were Mm -hmm. I find working with a lot of individuals, though, that there's that real attachment to not want to let go sometimes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the word that you just used, attachment, I think I might um, just run on that, actually, because, yes, there is there's such a familiarity and actually a comfort with attaching to what has happened to you in your past. Yes. Um, but when, when you're attached to what's happened in your past, what you're doing is you're actually in every present moment making choices and decisions and acting within a framework that is defined by the energy of that past experience. So as long as you're staying attached to those traumas and those limiting events, you're actually continuing in the present to perpetuate that pattern. And we all, in fact, we all know that comfortable is very comfortable to continue being in a cycle, right? It's a habit. It's a habit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So when you're looking around at your life and you're saying like um, that everything, things just keep repeating and you feel like you're stuck. That's a word that clients come to me a lot with is stuck Mm -hmm. or they're not moving forward. They're not making progress. If, if you're seeing it outside of yourself, the root cause 100% of the time lives within. That's good girl. And that in itself, when you realize that, um, it forces you to take radical responsibility. Radical responsibility for the life that you're not just living, but creating in every present moment. So every present moment is truly a matter of choice. And you have to be present with what you're choosing. And in every moment, it's going to be a choice between love or fear. If you are perpetuating your past, that's going to be fear. That's fear that you're stuck in. That's the loop that you're living out. But if you want to be brave, if you want to make a more empowering choice, you will choose love, even if it's uncomfortable. 
allow that discomfort to be your direction. Like I said earlier in the call, like dive into it. Um, and speaking to that attachment piece again, if we're wanting to detach from the past and what's happened to us, we need to open our minds to what the alternative is. So I teach this model of um, attachment where, well, I kind of align it with what would be the more loving way to go. In the middle, we would have love energy and this would be acceptance. Mm, so good. This and is, so yes, <laughs> yes. Acceptance, very different energy to attachment. Attachment is a clinging. It is an identification with something. It's a desperation. It's a desperate hold. So this is fear-based energy on one extreme end of the spectrum attachment. In the middle, we've got the healthy love-based acceptance. On the other end of the spectrum, also extreme, also fear-based, we have aversion. Mm. So sometimes what people do is they look to their past and they, they hold disgust or regret or they are repelled by what's happened to them. They'll try to reject it, try to deny their story, right? But even that, that resistance is fear-based energy as well. And if you're looking at what's happened to you and trying to deny it, suppress it, avoid it, that still allows those events to define your energy in the present. And what we know is that fear and that lack and that scarcity, when you're operating from that frequency, it's mm -hmm. yeah, stay in that frequency. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you're either going to be, if you're relating to your fears with more fear, you're either going to be clinging onto it for your dear identity or you're going to be resisting it for your dear identity. So that's going to say you're either going to be repeating the pattern as a means of survival, or you're going to be doing everything you possibly can to reject it and to go the other way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But in the middle, this is where like we can start to shift when we decide I will accept. If you were to accept what happened to you, what would that feel like? Mm. And these are, if we want to empower ourselves, everyone listening, if you want to reclaim your power over your fears, ask empowering questions. We relate to our fears in such a way that we allow disempowering questions to flood our internal dialogue, but ask something empowering. Like, how would it feel if I could accept you? It's so good, Grace. Yeah. Like, how, how would it feel for me if I could just be okay with that happened then and not allow it to define me now, how might that feel? Could you potentially feel free? Could you potentially feel liberated? Would it feel light for you? How would my life then look? What would be accessible to me? Explore what is possible. And this is step two, honoring space. When you start to detach from the fear, or the resistance, however the fear is showing up for you. This is honoring space. It is looking at the potential, the possibility, the options that become available and only become available when you have that willingness to accept. Accept the fear, let go of the fear, release the fear. You can honor the space. And when you're considering the options, you know what? When you realize you have better choices that you can make, you can from there go about making those choices. I breathe that in so that everyone else could breathe that in because I think anyone and everyone that is listening to this would agree that everything you have shared, my love, 
I'm going to use this word, is incredibly necessary for everyone to know. And I, um, I really want to honour our time. And so I'm going to be able to kind of loophole and bring everything in. And before I talk about where people can find, you know, the work that you're doing, Grace, um, I want to just circle back as to why it's important that we have a safe space to immerse in this. And what I mean by that is in the work you're doing, if you're listening to this podcast right now, whatever it is, quite often, quite often what's important is to actually allow women and men to feel safe to do this work. And a a big reason why we don't get to this point is because we haven't found somebody, something, an area to actually Go, go there, go deep, right? Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, my love, for allowing today's episode for anyone and everyone for life to listen to this mm-hmm. that knows that you have really opened um, a space that although this might be very new for some people in conversation, this might be ongoing work that people are doing out there, that I think the most important thing that we can talk about is that a lot of us don't want to go there because we haven't yet found that safe container. And I know that my own personal experiences, I've really held on to knowing the work I needed to do, but I didn't find a safe container to be able to do it. And within myself, it was recognizing how badly I wanted to do the work. So I created it for myself, which is what I know you and had in common, which is so beautiful. So I want to be able just to have the audience and everyone know in your work you're doing currently, I know you're based in Australia, you're in Sydney, um, you're currently, like, as you said, in Port Macquarie, which is amazing, but you know, um, you're, you're really doing amazing work, Grace. And I just, it's going to be something incredibly magical that the world is going to experience. And, And what does that even mean? Right. It's like for all the right reasons, the world is going to experience it in the right ways because you're adding value to somebody's life (laughs) does not get better than that my love you are i truly believe in um real earth angels and i just think that you are a true earth angel in this world so tell everyone a little bit of you know what you've got maybe coming up these next couple of months or where they can be able to um maybe you and yeah please Yes. Um, So speaking to that feeling safe and feeling like you have a container to be held when you're doing this healing work, that makes all the difference. I cannot tell you like the, the difference it makes, the difference I witnessed, the transformations I witnessed when a woman will step in through the front door of a workshop of mine and I can feel that she's pent up, that she's tense, that she's anxious, that she knows it's what she needs, but she's terrified of the work ahead. As soon as she arrives, she'll feel my energy. She'll feel that everyone there is on that same level and holding that same willingness. There is a self-reveal that becomes possible and is so required and necessary in order to discover the root cause of all of these external experiences of fear so that they may be healed. We cannot heal unless we feel safe to do so is what I'm saying. So I encourage everyone who's listening to this, if you know you have some healing to do, and if you're human, yes, you have healing to do. (laughs) Yes. Seek out the environment, seek out the support systems, seek out the coaching, the mentoring, the self-love programs like I offer that can provide that for you. There is nothing wrong in the world 
with seeking support and in fact everything right in the universe with it because it gets you right and it gets you into alignment so please seek it out and in terms of what i offer um i do i host my I'm going to call them famous self-love sessions all around the country. And I'm actually um, taking it international. I'm going to New Zealand next month, which is exciting. Um, But wherever you are in the world, keep your eyes peeled because I will be coming for you. I'm taking um, the message to schools. I have a program called self-love school, which I've taken around the country already. I'm also taking it international. And in terms of wherever you are in the world, if you want mentoring, if you want to learn how to live and embody this self-love process that I've spoken to today, releasing fear, honoring space and welcoming love. My online program goes through it in great depth. It's a six week program. And in fact, next week I am making it available as a course, which you have lifelong access to. There's an online community. There is hours upon hours of content and also recordings of live talks that I've delivered across the country. It's um, really exclusive stuff and life-changing stuff. So I'm really excited to be changing the way I offer that so that I can scale this message and this support because I truly, truly believe, Tiles, and I'll say this with the deepest knowing, every cell in my being, in in the marrow of my bones, I know as a matter of fact that the quality of everyone's life is 100% contingent upon the capacity to self-love. I'll say that again for everyone listening, the quality of your life is 100% contingent upon your capacity to love yourself. There's not a single part of your life, no aspect of your life that is untouched by the way you hold compassion and acceptance and love for you, for who and what you are, for all of your parts, mind, body, spirit. This work transforms everything around you because it transforms everything within you. Girl, can you tell that I'm speechless or can you tell? (laughs) I think it's so beautiful because we've been able to honor seeing each other's gorgeous faces today. Yeah. And also, sorry, everyone, please follow me on Instagram. That would be the best place to find me and keep up with what I'm doing. So at Gracie Balev, that's G-R-A-C-I-E-B-A-L-E-V. From there, you can find podcast episodes, my website, programs, everything. I really just want to close this out um, because... I know that for a deep level of respect, particularly that women really hold for one, one for the other, I'm so grateful, my love, that you're on this with me right now in this moment that we subconsciously called each other in in our lives, I think, when we did. And for what I know so well, it really takes this kind of next, not generational work, but this deep source calling in us that we know what the work is to do. And for those, and this is something I really surrendered to, for those that are willing to want to go there. So it's been an absolute honor to watch you, Grace, doing this. I know um, that we've been following each other's journeys and I, I know that we're almost products of each other in such different ways and yet in our soul we're, we're kind of one. We're really just that yes. one beautiful human spirit. So yes. thank you for letting everyone in on your heart 
and your truths, my love. And I just don't think it's, it's ever going to get better than the true moment that I sat with myself and asked myself, what is queen behavior? And, and it's not just a name. We know this in your work too. This forum, I created this because I wanted women to be able to feel safe, to step into their potential of who they are, what they're called to do, their message, their voice. And I created that from a space that I've had to work in actually getting there and removing all of that energy to feel safe to be able to do that work. And I've done an absolute beautiful job of everything that any woman, any queen would ever feel. So I'm going to leave it here for all of my beautiful queens and kings, not just queens. Uh, listen, what's one thing you would leave everyone with to just really take on in their days? Not this big worldly quote and just something that you know has been so incredibly valuable in your day-to-day life that everyone can really take. Yeah. Yep, 100%. And it, you know, two words because I know like, let's not overwhelm ourselves. Life is a lot. Two words to take away guys. Choose love. That's it. Yeah. It's beautiful. So on that note, Um, As Gracie said, you can go over and follow her on Instagram. I will drop this all for everyone. Instagram, uh, you're also on Facebook, I believe, I'm sure. But I know a big part of what you do. And I know from there, guys, you know, you really can deep dive into Gracie's Instagram. She's got all of her programs, courses, everything in which the magic of the work she does. Uh, This is going to be available so soon. And I'm so excited that I also know the world is going to bring us together in some beautiful work we can continue. But my love, thank you so much for taking your time. I am incredibly grateful. Queen Behaviour is very happy to have you. Um, And guys, until next time, I want to sign off by saying you are king, you are queen. Don't ever forget it. Don't ever veer away from it. And until next time, I will see you on Queen Behaviour. Peace.